What would life look like if our good intentions were inspired enough, empowered enough, and challenged enough so that all those dreams became real, tangible good in the world? On Practice Good Podcast, you will find authentic stories, challenging conversations, and real responses that will inspire, empower, and challenge your social impact journey. But this isn't all. Good business and good programs and good social enterprise are only as good as the health of their leader. And on this podcast, we will pay special attention, not only to the good that we give to the world, but to the good that we live within ourselves, our soul care. Welcome to Practice Good, a podcast for change makers. I'm your host, Shiloh Kashima, practitioner of good, pastor, and mom of two spicy Nigerian littles. Get ready as we turn your good intentions into positive change. Well, we are back for a great conversation today on the one thing that your employees or your team, your staff, they are not telling you. Now, that sounds pretty crazy, right? You're like, I thought I know everything and, you know, they pretty much tell me everything. They're pretty open. No, I guarantee you there is one thing, one major thing that your team is not telling you. So recently I did um, annual reviews for my team and we do this every year. I have been at the organization for about a year and a half now and we got together back uh, right, actually right when I first started there and did an organizational culture survey. Now this was really an opportunity for me to kind of learn some preliminary baseline data. Where are we at What does our team feel about the organization, about the leadership, about the mission, about the vision, about the culture within our office? And really, when I was able to see kind of where we were at, I knew kind of the trajectory of where we needed to go. I had some really practical understanding and some very clear steps on what I needed to do to make change and positive change for staff retention. So here in our conversation today, the one thing that your employees are not telling you is huge, absolutely huge. And the reason it's huge is because I'm a firm believer that if you're not getting feedback, if you are not providing anonymous ways for your team to provide you with detailed information of the things that they want you to repeat, the things that they want you to stop, the things that they think could be improved, then you are missing out. So here we go. You want to know what that one thing is? The thing that your employees are not telling you? They're not telling you a lot. It's not just one thing. That's the answer. And if you are not doing an organizational culture survey, there's a lot of things you're missing out on. And you may be going, no, our culture's great. And my team really loves me and they love each other and we're doing good. I guarantee you, if you do this, you will be shocked by the information you receive. Just because you feel your organizational culture is great doesn't mean it is actually great. 
I mean, it could mean that, but it doesn't necessarily prove that. It simply means that you think it's great, which could mean that you're blind to some other areas. And I'm a firm believer that as long as you have multiple people on a team, right, because you have to, there will always be information that you don't know, right? And if you want to get to a place to where all of your team feels like they're on the same page, that they're all on the right bus going in the right direction and want to be with you long term, you have to institute an organizational culture survey. So that is what we're going to talk about today. When I started, I immediately created an anonymous survey that provided baseline data that was not only what I did. I also scheduled meetings, two meetings with every staff, one meeting for three hours where they would train me in every single thing that they do. Literally like a verbal SOP, a standard of procedure orally. (laughs) So they had to walk me through as if they were training me on every single thing they do. And I really picked this up years ago when I watched um, some of my friends when we were younger go through training programs at places like Jamba Juice or Starbucks and all of those kind of younger kids who we were all in college, we were all, you know, trying to make money just to get through school. But there were some that really looked at these opportunities as long-term investments in their future. And so in that, they were able to get into management programs. Now, as a a manager in training, you don't just jump into a management program if they're doing it well, right? A a management training program puts people in every single position in the organization from the ground up and they learn that for several weeks at a time. So I just remember specifically Jamba Juice. I don't know why I had this organization in my head, but I remember that friends of mine in the management training program would literally work the cash register for two weeks. (laughs) They would learn everything, all the things that could go wrong, all the things that were great, and everything that they needed to in order to do that job well, as if they weren't moving up. Then they moved on to making the drinks, right? All the juices, all the slushies. I don't even remember. All, what do they call them? There's all kinds of acai bowls now. They learned all that stuff. Then they learned all the assistant manager stuff, which was all about the money and scheduling shifts and all that. And then they went into a manager's role. What I love about this is you're not putting people in leadership positions who do not know the company inside out, you know? And that was my goal in month number one of really any job that I've had, um, but specifically my current job, is just getting to know our team. You know, you come into a new organization, it's not time to make a bunch of change. Oh, no, no, that is mistake number one. (laughs) Do not come in and just try to make change. You will not get the results you're looking for. Learn to uh, build relationships and figure out what is currently going on, what is the status quo, and building enough trust to where people begin to tell you the things that you need to know to help you make changes that are going to be positive and produce successful outcomes. So in the first month, I scheduled appointments with every staff person for three hours of training me one-on-one, which honestly, I could have had them each do a week with me 
But I did three hours because we were under a time crunch to get some things moving. And then I also scheduled a two hour time where I literally took them off campus and went to coffee and just had them share like what brought you to this organization? What keeps you here? What do you love? What is difficult for you? Tell me your life story. What led you to here? And of course, some are going to be super honest and open and authentic and ready to get to know you. And then others are going to struggle. And that's okay. It's just an initial. Um, kind of investment in their life. But between those five hours with every single staff person, I got a very good picture of kind of where we were going and what we needed to do. However, adding an organizational culture survey, which was anonymous and did not allow me to kind of identify who said what, really helped me get a better picture of some very specific pragmatic steps I could take in order to retain my staff long-term and improve the organizational culture over time. Now, this is something that every single organization can learn. So implement an organizational culture survey. Learn and listen, get a baseline of data. Don't just decide, hey, I'm going to do it in one year so I have time to make it good. <laughs> right? That's the temptation is I only want data if it says something good. If it makes me feel good, I don't want to hear the bad stuff, you know, but we need baseline data because how do we know if it's gotten better unless we see where it is now? So don't wait, don't push it off till next year. Don't work on stuff and then do it when you think it'll be better. Let me tell you this, your people know where they're at and your organizational culture is at better than you do. And if you wait, all you're doing is ignoring the fact of what's currently happening rather than just addressing it. And now you have some really good tips, clues, hints on what to do in order to make those changes. If you try to make those changes and then do your organizational culture survey to kind of make you feel better about the situation, you might end up making some changes that are not necessarily needed. Or you might end up overlooking some things that do need to be changed and you didn't see going into it. So number one, take your baseline data. It's so good for it to be anonymous. Make sure that you're not leading in your question asking. Now, what does that mean? Um, do some research. Look up leading survey questions. There's entire studies on just how to build surveys without leading people. Meaning if I want to ask them a question about do they do they like our organization? I'm not going to say, tell me why you love us, right? Because that's kind of leading. It's implying that they do love us. Instead, I would say, tell me how you feel about working for our organization, right? You, you don't want to imply something and not leave them an out to say something different because your results are going to be skewed. I can actually, I'm just thinking as we're even talking right now that I can give you guys all of my questions I use for my organizational culture survey. And essentially over the past two years, I've predominantly used the same questions. However, I have added some recently to kind of give a better perspective on a few of the areas. And what I love is that I've been able to see the growth, the changes, and the difference is in just two years. And last 
uh, actually it was this week, I was able to do a presentation with our staff to literally show them the quantitative responses in both years. Now, granted, I did not give out their personal responses um, due to confidentiality, of course, but I gave them the numeric number for each year on a scale of one to 10. What do you think about this? On a scale of one to 10, what do you think about that? And then I compared it to this year and I noted the change. So it would be we increased by 2.4 on a scale of 1 to 10. Yay, we're doing great. But what I also did was allow them the opportunity to speak into, hey, even though we improved by 2.4 you know, on the scale of 1 to 10, we still have some room to grow in this area. And here are some ideas I have. And we were able to have a very helpful conversation. I want to give you guys a book that I read that is awesome. Like literally, it will be so encouraging to you. It's called Culture Wins by William Vanderblumen. And he is um, a CEO of a staffing organization that really has been rated, um, I believe, uh, I don't, I can't even remember the rating scale, but they've been rated as one of the number one office cultures in America. And the book is awesome. The reality is having an organizational culture survey helps to bring to light the things that you don't know and don't see and don't know to fix, but also gives you really tangible understanding about what needs to change and also how your employees are feeling. What's the health of your organization? What is the health of your employees? Why are you having so many people get excited about your mission and then leave within a year? This will really give you some good perspective about what's going on, um, how you can learn as a leader to do better. I am a firm believer that everything is a leadership issue. I know that sounds silly. My husband always laughs at me. He's always like, Matt, I'm like, well, babe, you know, what is it that you could learn? He's like, uh... (laughs) Like I always bring it back to us, you know, like if something is wrong in my organization, I need to figure out how do I need to own that? Did I not train that person well enough? Did I not communicate clear enough? Did I not say it enough times? Maybe I said it to someone else and thought I said it. Maybe I wasn't, you know, maybe I used words that I thought they understood, but I was a little bit vague in my explanation. Maybe I didn't give them the understanding or equip them with the tools to be able to do what I'm expecting of them. I believe anytime there's an expectation that is unmet, there's some uh, break in communication. And so an organizational culture survey will really help you better understand where those breaks are happening. I also want to encourage you to look up an organization called GoSherm. It is actually a network of human resource professionals, and they have all kinds of organizational culture surveys. They have management surveys. They have peer review surveys, all different types of ideas. And even if you start with something that's pre-made, go ahead and start with something that's pre-made just to get yourself going. You can always adjust and shift and um, bring more clarity and specificity to your organization as you learn and move forward. A simple technology tool that you can use in order to make a survey, I would say use something you know, online, maybe something free. Perhaps you can use um, Survey Monkey. I always say Monkey Survey. That's so funny. I wrote it here as Monkey Survey. Survey Monkey. It's free. I think you could do you could do up to f- ten questions for free, and they have certain types of questions, um, and with a certain amount of people. You can also get the paid version, and that helps too. And there are many many 
other resources for creating online surveys as well. I do recommend using technology to do it. Um, Kind of a paper survey is a thing of the past and it's harder to compare, it's harder to make charts. The one thing about SurveyMonkey that's awesome is when you're analyzing your results, it gives you really beautiful graphs and charts to understand the differences and the changes and the answers and responses that people have done. I would also encourage a really good tip is to have someone else, if you're the main leader, have someone else, not yourself, collect all those data and give it back to you. One of the things that we did this year, um, which we did not do last year, last year I was new to the organization, so I collected all the data. I was kind of this neutral party, just trying to learn more information, encouraging them to give really honest and authentic feedback that I could use to pick out some clear direction for our future. Um, this year, I decided because we've you know had a year and a half under our belt, actually it's, it was a year at the time, a year under our belt, um, that there might be some things about me that they would want to say. And they might not feel very open to saying it if they feel like I'm the one that's going to read it directly or that maybe I'm going to sit there and try to figure out who said what. And I'll lose an ounce of truth in that. And I don't want that. I know it sounds good to be like, well, they kind of should know that they're hurting my feelings, right? That's the <laughs> that's the temptation. But I think that ultimately, if we lose authenticity in these things, we actually lose the power to do good in the future. If my staff does not feel open and free to share with me the things that are troubling them or concerning them or not working well, that's a loss to me because now I can't make changes that are beneficial to them. So I would encourage you find someone, whether it's a board member or an outside person, make sure it's a neutral person that can collect that data and give it to you. Um, and sometimes I've found that it's it's important for them to kind of take all that feedback and summarize it in words that really can't identify any of the staff people and give that back to you so that and ask them to make it um, helpful and beneficial and use that criticism so that it can create positive change. You don't want, um, if there is one really negative response that's hurtful, maybe there is a good opportunity to put somebody who's an intermediary in there to be able to kind of figure out how to say that in a way that's more beneficial and helpful to change rather than hurtful. Ask for the feedback with honesty. Make sure they understand that you're not looking. This is not about tattletelling. It's not about complaining. This is about providing helpful feedback so that you can create positive change in the organization and really serve them and their needs better. I think this would be huge. And I put this right at the top of my survey in a little paragraph. So just to remind them that this is so important, their authenticity is valued beyond um, just, it's, it's not just a token offering of like, hey, give me some feedback. I'm really taking this feedback into consideration and making changes and policy changes and office changes to better their um, work situation and culture. I want to encourage you also, when you do quantitative questions, create a little box where people can elaborate. Please share with me a little bit more about your experience. This is really going to help you when you realize, you might realize in the middle of it that you have assumed something 
when you've written the question and they've assumed something different in their response. And you might not know that difference unless you give them the opportunity to share and explain why they chose the number they chose. And that actually happened to me this year. Um, I asked a question that said, if nothing changes in this office, um, how likely are you to refer our organization to your family and friends? And my assumption was for them to refer their family and friends to work inside of our office. But what I learned was that some people read that as refer our organization to a family and friend to volunteer or attend one of our classes. Now, while that is a great question, I'm getting responses for two totally different questions. And so the data is now skewed and it's what we call dirty or unclean. So definitely make sure you provide a space where they can explain. All right. And the reason I do quantitative questions as well is it gives people the opportunity to see the growth over the years. It's harder with qualitative responses alone, but you can't do a survey solely based on quantitative or qualitative. Um, This really does help you be able to see the growth over the years, especially it's kind of like if you're losing weight or on a diet and you're like, I haven't lost any weight. And then you look at your picture before and you go, whoa, I really have. When you're in it, when you're in the culture, you might be like, oh, there's still so many things that need to be changed and so much growth that we need to have. And you're not able to see it unless you can actually see the quantitative increases or decreases for that matter over the year. I want to just talk to you quickly about kind of a couple of tips to receiving that feedback. Number one, expect to be surprised, especially if it's your first round of doing an organizational culture survey. Um, You need negative data. You need negative responses. Now, I know that's crazy, but I'm a firm believer that all data, all responses are good responses. And I would argue that if this is your first organizational culture survey and you receive all positive feedback, you are up a creek without a paddle. That means not that everything is good. It simply means that everybody doesn't feel safe answering your questions, right? Because there's always things to improve. So expect negative data, expect surprises, expect to feel yourself take it personally a little bit. Mentally prepare to hear some very hard things. If you don't, you did it wrong. Um, over the years, they should get better, right? You don't want to go into your second year, your third year, your fourth year, and be hearing all negative stuff all the time. You should start seeing changes in the areas that you have implemented change. And the cool part is when you do an organizational culture survey, your staff is giving you very clear understanding as to what areas they are extremely open to change in. And change management is one of the number one most difficult things to do in this world. Like changing an organization is like lifting a ship from sinking and then turning it in a 180 degree direction. Nobody wants to do it, right? They all love the cement they're in. Nobody wants to get out of it. So definitely look at these as opportunities where people are saying, I'm ready to shift and move here and I'll move as fast as you are ready, okay? So another tip in all of that is when you get your results, don't sulk for the next month. (laughs) Your team knows when you got your feedback. Don't be down. 
come to them and be like, hey guys, I just received all your feedback. Thank you so much. We're putting it together and simplify. I really appreciate the feedback you've given. I've learned a lot. And I'm gonna take several of the items that you have talked about and we're gonna begin making change immediately. So thank you. I will be getting back to you with some changes that are coming up very soon. Make them feel confident. If you don't do that and you're sitting there telling them, be honest, be honest, be honest, be authentic, I need this. I need this for to help you guys, to help our organization. And then you sulk, you're giving them two very mixed messages, okay? It's not personal. Everybody, every leader needs change. If you don't know that, listen to the book, Management Mess to Leadership Success by Scott Miller. OMG. The guy is freaking fabulous. It's like 30 different uh, tips on leadership and it's all from his mistakes. So if you think that you've got to be perfect to be a leader, you are wrong. This guy is incredible. He's one of the best speakers I've ever heard. Um, You will love him. Get his book. That is another great resource. So third tip, make your changes quickly. They'll expect changes. And if you take your time, they're going to feel like you heard from them and you did nothing. Um, I would just say that as you do this, you will begin to really redefine what your core values are in your organization, who's on the same page, what people want the same thing, and it will really help you to determine what like-minded people you should bring on board with you. Um, Make sure to do this so that you don't get burnout in your organization. I want to tell you, want to leave you with this. There is, in an organizational culture, there is bad news and good news. The bad news is all of this, all the feedback is on you, right? Like I said, leadership is all about taking ownership of every single thing, right? And if not, if something's really someone else's fault, maybe they're not the right fit for your organization. The good news is that as a leader, And if it is your responsibility and is your fault, then you can instantly make that change and be proactive to beat the burnout of your team before it beats your team, right? There are so many ways to steer clear of burnout and a number one way to get to know what your employees and your team are not telling you is an organizational culture survey. I hope that you guys enjoyed this. I mean, this has been one of the most powerful tools in my organization. I've seen other organizations and helped them to create and install these types of things into their organization and seen powerful, powerful benefits. Um, We're going to do a podcast episode soon that is all about how to lead your entire team without burnout. And this isn't burnout just for you, but this is burnout for your team. It's going to be a follow-up to this one. It's really how to take some of these things you've learned from your organizational culture survey and really to implement positive changes that will keep your staff for the long run. Sound good? Man, today was fun. This is this was super helpful. One of the biggest lessons for me in my leadership um, journey. I hope you find it to be helpful to you. And I cannot wait uh, to hear some of your feedback um, about you implementing this as well. If you have any questions on this or you'd like some help or information, you can email me at shilohkashima at gmail.com. 
But I look forward to chatting with you guys more on our next episode. Make sure if you liked this, if you enjoyed the episode, to give us a review on iTunes. Share a little bit. Um, I know a lot of people have been given fives like crazy, which is awesome, and I'm so excited. But take a minute and write a sentence about what you love about this podcast. This really helps uh, iTunes to be able to kind of put this in front of more faces and really be able to benefit more lives. Uh, Here, my goal is really to help as many people take their good intentions and turn them into real tangible good in the world. And so help me do that, would you? Share this with a friend or two. Email me if you have questions, topics, thoughts that you want me to cover. And don't forget to hit subscribe. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss our next episode. Thank you.